extra special, extra fun, fully curricular Super Bowl Sunday recording of Normandy FM. That's right. If you're listening right now, we we are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday because Ken, wonderful Ken, remembers when to schedule things so they don't interrupt Eric's football time. <laughs> for for the record, the Super Bowl Sunday bullshit doesn't start for several hours. So Eric's just being a fucking baby. I know, I know, but I wanted to like, I wanted to rest. I wanted to be prepared. This is a whole, yep. this is a day long ritual for me, Ken. To be prepared to sit on your couch. Uh huh. Look, it's tiring. I, I'm going to be emotionally invested in seeing Tom Brady broken on the field. Okay, I want to, I want to see him destroyed. So that name means something to me. I am gay. <laughs> As always, our third chair for the Jade Empire season, Kihun Chan, is here. Kihun, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> oh, and of course, is a full house. We are rounding out the the chapters four and five today with Jason Coles. Jason, you're on the show. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Do we have other football fans in here? Am I alone in this? Just you. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> this is brutal. <laughs> Can't believe I've had this betrayal. So I need to find football you fans had, to bring on the show. You've had worse betrayals, as we will discuss in the show. <laughs> Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yes, it is that episode. For those of you who have played Jade Empire, we are on this episode. Uh, I wanted to do a quick housekeeping at the top of this episode. We've not really ever laid out our schedule for Jade Empire, mostly because Ken and I were kind of making it up as we went. <laughs> and uh, we got to the playtime for this episode. Normally, we'd been going at about a chapter, an episode of pace. Uh, and I believe, Ken, you messaged me somewhere in the middle of playing this episode. Uh, and you were like, hey, uh, chapter four is like five minutes long. So... We're condensing it all down. This basically means that this week we'll be doing Chapter 4 and Chapter 5 uh, mashed together, and I feel like that creates one solidly contiguous episode of Happenings in Jade Empire. And then next week we'll be doing Chapter 6 and 7, which I have not played yet, but I believe, according to the people on the podcast that have played it, that means that will take us to the end of Jade Empire. Mm-hmm. And so... Next week will be our last week of Jade Empire. That means we are stopping uh, roughly one to two episodes short of what we expected. So Ken and I are currently working on a bonus episode to throw in there. And then there might be a one week's break. We will talk about it next week. Don't worry. Uh, but otherwise, just wanted to lay that out in case you're playing along with us. If you're playing at the time of recording, this is not just a chapter four episode. This is a chapter four and chapter five episode because good lord we have a lot going on uh before we get into it jason i want to ask you something mm-hmm. what is first of all how will the people at know at home know you sorry it's so early here and i'm waiting for this coffee to kick in <laughs> uh how will the people at home know you and what is your relationship with jade empire uh hopefully they won't know me and oh. nobody nobody will realize what i do which is perfect uh no most people probably know me as uh an editor of one of a couple of sites or general dog's body freelancer um 
And my relationship to Jedi Empire is that um, I grew up doing martial arts because I did for some reason. And Jedi Empire was one of the first games where I got to kind of live out live out my most martial artiest dreams. Um, and I really enjoyed it at the time, but appreciate it hasn't held up as well as I'd hoped it to. <laughs> as I believe you've discussed. So, Yeah, in some ways. In some ways it's been weird. And I feel like... I maybe hit my largest stride with that this week uh, more than any other week is that feeling of you you can really feel when this game is not aging well and when it's like clearly just a relic and other points where I'm like, wow, this really does some stuff that I can't believe they were doing back then at this time, like in an era pre-Mass Effect, pre dragon age pre all the things that we commonly expect from bioware these days uh it exists in that weird limbo time and it's interesting for that let's get into it (laughs) we uh we are storming the castle here on normandy fm Uh, we arrive at the palace at the start of chapter four and we use Silk Fox's secret entrance, which is not so secret entrance anymore. Um, God, I love the intro of this game, or intro of this chapter specifically, because she's like, Oh, it's my secret entrance, only I use it. I come and go as I please. And you fly in, and not only is it this like very ornate, defined secret entrance, but also there's like a billion people around, and uh, clearly not a very secret entrance. But you find out that Death's Hand, apparently, has ordered the area sealed, uh, and Lotus Assassins are everywhere, and we've got to fight our way to the palace to the uh to the throne room where the emperor is to go have a talk with silk fox's dad and uh silk fox is very insistent on coming with us i ken did you bring silk fox with you did you stick with sky would you what I, choice did you make here i stuck with sky because jade empire is just like constantly a very long date for me so mm, okay because i only have to have one party member with me at a time i'm sure to have my boyfriend and everyone else can just leave me the fuck alone, including Silk Fox, so she can, she can catch up. Kihun, who did you bring along for this section? Honestly, I cannot remember. <laughs> because, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking because I'm interested, because you get to the elevator, and for me, Silk Fox is with me, and she's like, oh, aren't you glad you had me with you, and all that kind of stuff, but did that uh, same thing happen for y'all, it too? It is, like, okay, I mean, as, as a, like... When I'm when I'm choosing my, my companions, so to speak, to, to, to accompany me on on the entire adventure, I, I tend to choose a Black Whirlwind. Um mm. mostly because he is the most useful in combat and mm-hmm. and I mean um, I think this time round I, I, I kind of switched between him and Silk Fox. But I don't really remember Silk Fox telling me anything special in particular, right. so yeah, I have feeling I just brought along Black Wolverine and he says funny things like, I just go and kill everybody, just kill everybody. Mm. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a very yeah. easy man to please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's there to do one thing, and, and we yeah. respect him for that. Um, yeah. Jason, since we haven't had you on, we did all of our follower chat already, but are there any like followers that you tend to bring along whenever you play this game? I think I would have because it, it was a while ago and I almost definitely would have played through most of the game with Dawnstar and mm. Sagacious Zoo up until obviously 
that's not an option. Oh, oh no. Rest, uh, rest in peace. F. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would have almost definitely had uh, Dawn Star with me at this point, which is weird because you both sort of decide to declare your love for each other partway through this chapter. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's no, a whole thing. <laughs> that, we're that going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. That is something that I'm really looking forward to, to, to speaking on because <laughs> it's hilarious for me. <laughs> but let's mm. go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's not much farther because honestly, so we get through this, we get to an elevator. I mean, we're just going through fight after fight after fight. Like, we're just fighting a bunch of Lotus assassins and Eventually, we get to an elevator, and we pass a, um, I, I forgot what it was called. It was a, um, the the word I'm looking for, tomb. There we go. God, why can I not think of words this morning? Uh, it's not like a, fun. Yeah. It's like a tomb of the past leaders of the Empire. And Silk Fox uh, says that Sun Lee and Sun Kin are in here, um, and she's basically kind of still doubting. She's like, oh, you know, I want to believe that what my father told me is right. But then also I've seen things that implies that you're correct, that Master Lee really is Sun Lee. Um, it's, it was this chapter that it dawned on me that I, I don't know why I had not made this like mental connection yet, but that the person you've been tutored under is Master Lee and the person who's supposed to be the brother of the emperor is Sun Lee, and I was sitting there. I was like, "Dude, couldn't have thought of a better undercover <laughs> master name." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sincerely, couldn't that's like bothered. me being like, "My my secret. I'm going undercover." Okay, Eric, what's your undercover name? Uh, master Allen. I got this. Don't worry about it. I'm Master Rick. It's it's all good. Um. Yeah, so we get through that, we fight through a bunch more, and then we right before we reach the throne room, we have the moment that I was just baffled by. Um, <laughs> so, they did this with the Necropolis, where right before you get to the Necropolis, if you've checked off all the things you need to check off, uh, you get stopped by your uh, romantic interest of choice. And I imagine that if you've been romancing two characters you end up in one of those weird confrontations the same way you do in like mass effect one with uh ashley and liara and <laughs> first of all i have not romanced any other character silk fox stops me but sky and dawnstar are still in the background just kind of standing there was it the same for y'all that the other yes. two like oh yeah yeah were they just like you know what fuck it load all three of them we'll just deal with it when we get to the cutscene. <laughs> but they're all gonna be here just in case um I mean, in the fight that it's come like they are all there but the but what i'm saying is the rest of the party is not there like oh, yeah. henpecked ho is not there black whirlwind's not there yeah, it's it's, that, it's 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 like them telling you okay this is the three people you can romance right. in this game yeah. Now is a reminder. <laughs> they are the ones you are supposed to love. Right. Think about it's it right like now. The <laughs> they yeah. were trailing behind you and they were like, oh shit, which one of us is, is the main character romancing again? Okay, let's just all line up and then just somebody walk forward and confess undying love. Let's do that. <sighs> which they, they confess, do. They confess love. Like, okay, so I'm going to start with Bi. I'll start with Silk Fox. Um... <laughs> 
Silk Fox is just like, um, yeah, I've never felt this way about a man or a woman. And yeah, no, she really like emphasizes that part in a way. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and and she's like, whatever happens in there, uh, whatever we have to do after this, I want to know that uh, I'll always be by your side and you by mine. All, all that kind of stuff, like very very cheesy. And the one I remember is that you basically have two options where you're basically like. Uh, I think we should really focus on the mission at hand, Silk Fox. <laughs> or, or you can just be like, you'll always be my heavenly lily. And I was like, oh my god, both these options suck. These are both terrible dialogue choices. I don't want to, but I'll, I'll pick the one that's obviously the romance. And she was just like, oh, that's what I'd hoped you would say. And you can run on in, and that's that. Um, Ken, it seems like you had a bit of a confession here. <laughs> yeah, so we... Sky is like tongue tied. Like doesn't really like doesn't really want to say what he wants to say because he doesn't want to like. He's a pussy, I guess. Um, and <laughs> so you get the option. You're like, if, if you won't say it, then I will. I love you. And I was like, uh, never like we have been like established in a relationship for all of like eleven minutes of gameplay. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. Like I just. This is, like, a pre-Mass Effect game, so, like, even though romance is the thing that draws a lot of people to Bioware games, maybe it was still at a point where, like, it wasn't something that they understood, like, the gravity of that, and, like, the gravity of, like, you needed, like, a few more steps to get to that point in, in one game, because, like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even get an I Love You from Caden for three games, like, I think, like, I could have, I don't know, like, I it, it's just, it feels very unearned, it feels like... They, I don't know, like they felt like they had to, they had to say that at some point in the course of the story, although maybe that would have been more appropriate for later, which I guess Eric hasn't played yet. But like there's other other points later in the game where that might have felt more earned and appropriate by that point. I mean, I, I definitely it was, it was a very, it was just like a very sudden strange thing I did not expect to happen. But it, again, it was the romance option, so I picked it. I guess. Yeah, it's um. Like, I got to the end of this chapter, and I was like, oh, this would probably be a good point for the character to, like, confess their love to me, and not, like, at the beginning of this chapter, <laughs> or I guess this two-chapter block that we have. Um, and, and Kihun, did you have anything with Dawnstar here? So, like, like I like I mentioned in earlier episodes, I really don't like Dawnstar, but mm-hmm. the thing is that... Mm-hmm. The thing is that the game seems to kind of want to push you in that direction mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's also because of the uh, because of the way that the dialogue is 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 kind of um um framed. So you can only only either be a complete ass to her, <clears throat> mm-hmm. or you can pretty much say that you love her. There is really nothing in between. So, mm-hmm. like I do not I don't want to be an ass to her. So in previous you know like conversations with her, I'm like oh you know you mean a lot to me platonically, but you know right. she doesn't see it that way. <laughs> So in this instance, she's like, oh my god, I love you. <laughs> I have to say, hey, we have to, we have to. Great. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. Talk. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> yeah. We, we just have to concentrate on this mission right now. And then she's like, oh, okay. Then we shall focus then. That's it. <laughs> I was like. Damn. It's so abrupt. <laughs> it's, I, honestly, it's like, this is, the, this is the funniest part of the entire game so far. Because, like, I, I just like. It's, 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 
the rejection is so brutal. It's like, oh my god, I love you so much. She's she's mm. she's just saying that, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, we kind of need to focus on this right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. Yeah, hilarious. And then immediately she's like, oh, okay, we will focus then. That's it. Ugh. That's the end of everything. Yeah. Don't you hate it when you are when you become such a people pleaser that all of your followers start confessing their love to you? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's the funniest part of the game so far. Like honestly. <laughs> uh, Jason, you yourself, uh, I believe you said earlier that you were a Dawnstar romancer. Uh, it would have been, yeah. Would have been okay. I was, I was, I was young. I didn't know anything. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm bl- you know, blaming that on that. <laughs> we, we all have our basic crushes when we are young, you know, and then we we grow up and then realize that some of them were good and some of them were bad. <laughs> Most of them were bad. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> I don't I feel like I feel like Android 18 from Dragon Ball Z has held up well to the test of time. Make I feel it... like that's a very a very modern crush because it's very much she I know, could destroy right? you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, even even child Eric knew what the fuck was up, let me tell you. <laughs> they were like Sign this android murders people and I was like, "For real?" But <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> let's get past psychoanalyzing Eric's childhood and uh, <laughs> let's move on to the Too throne room late. <laughs> where uh, we run into the emperor uh, our lovely uh, lovely emperor who is totally not evil is here just doing evil shit um, this is also a ridiculous moment in the game because Silk Fox runs up and is just like Father, I know you're good. I know you're you're wholesome. I know you're great. And he turns around and he's like, I'm a ghost and you can see my rib cage and I did all the evil <laughs> shit. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like this part of the game is supposed to be like really dramatic and stuff. I just couldn't stop laughing at the entire thing. It's good. It's real good. It's I not to not to like just completely dunk on it i think this part of the game is actually really good it's just also like the like the previous episode where we had the the hitman mission of a level inside the lotus assassin uh headquarters like it's just also hilarious in ways that are whether intentional or not are just really good (laughs) yeah I, i i mean for someone like me who didn't like the story like in the earlier chapters, I did think that um, the story was really getting a lot better from chapter four onwards, right. and I think it's because mm-hmm. they decided to like okay, we just need to focus on finishing his story, and the focus, I mean, them focusing on finishing it's this story is actually like I I think it's a nice change of pace for me. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, getting rid of like all the side content and like really mm-hmm. laser focusing on moving forward, like, and th- they've done a good job, like, through the sacrifice of, of Zoo and uh, mm. establishing that Silk Fox has, like, this blind spot for her father, and then, like, bringing Lee back to the forefront as, mm. instead of being this, like, enigmatic thing, but being like, mm. oh, we, we are going to save our teacher. Like, they are, they managed to, through this and onwards through the rest of the game, like, bring all, like, the larger-than-life epic storytelling that they've had and bring it down to my level, to the point where, like, I... I mean, like, we have been ducking up, but, like, I really genuinely did enjoy the rest of this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And and we get, we get like, our big, I guess I'd say the first of our big monologues in, in this block of, of story. 
uh where the emperor explains that yes like death's hand is under his command he is the he is the the big bad emperor um he killed the water dragon he wields the power uh he is undead he has like become one of the spirits that has been walking the realm which is why we can see his rib cage <laughs> and uh basically his whole thing is that he wants to absorb the water dragon's power become immortal and just become the divine immortal ruler of the entire empire um and we fight through just wave after wave after wave of increasingly difficult enemies uh this is the point where i had to actually swap out a lot of my gems for actual combat gems because <laughs> mm. before it was just all like the max charm that i could get and here i was like uh, i should probably be using combat gems to get through some of this stuff um and we keep we keep fighting he's like oh you're just diverting attention from the real thing like lee is the thing and we're like what are you talking about lee's like down on the ground back there and finally uh we 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 finally get to the point where we fight him and this was i i was messaging ken as i was fighting him because my first time fighting the emperor was this like 12 minute long bout where i was having to switch between all my different styles and use all these different attacks and like i would start hitting him with the staff and it would do damage and that would stop and i'd have to switch to a different style and it's like this real mix between oh i have to use all the things i've learned so far and also i don't know why some things are working and others aren't because it was just not very clear i felt like there were parts of this combat that they weren't telling me or whatever and then i so i lost that fight uh, after literally like 12 minutes of fighting this dude trying to stay alive and then second time around i was like okay you know what i'm gonna try that jade golem form i got in chapter three and see if that does anything i killed him in four hits <laughs> it was literally like bam 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 that was it that was the end of the fight <laughs> and uh i'm gonna tell you ever since uh i've just been using jade golem form and that thing just whomps i it's busted it's too good um i highly recommend if you're having trouble in this video game using that form as often as possible uh, but ken what did you think of this this boss fight so one of the things that was a little frustrating is like because he's a spirit-based character and i had been primarily leveling up my weapon-based Mm -hmm. uh, style, I had to use things that were like relatively under-leveled, so the fight was a little long for me, and so, but he is an interesting fight in that like, he has styles that we do, and like, so you can't, and if he switches to one style he becomes immune to that style if you're using it, so like, I would have to switch between like, magic-based, hand-to-hand combat-based, depending on what he was doing just because it was like he was like negating my strategy mm -hmm. depending on whatever he was doing um so like in that sense i do enjoy the fight just like fighting against characters that like operate on the same way that you do um there'll be another one later which i think is even better than this but uh yeah also yeah. at this point i had switched to easy just because i was ready to be done and uh so it wasn't super challenging in that way Kihu, how about you? How was this fight for you? 
the I think uh I was actually not getting that much of an issue with um with 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 the combat. Um the emperor wasn't the most difficult uh so-called enemy that I was fighting. Like in the in the previous chapter, I think in chapter 3, right? There was the whole thing where you have to go and fight rounds and rounds of uh enemies to get the lotus assassin's uh, attention that was the that was the fight at the oh, yeah, the, the tavern or something yeah, yeah yeah so interestingly the, the 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 emperor wasn't the most difficult fight there were actually more difficult fights in the tavern which is quite funny mm. but um I, I i did i did find the whole thing pretty uh the fight was interesting it was actually it was actually quite fun for me and I mean, throughout the game, I really did. I didn't really have much of a difficulty with um with combat in general. I think it's because of the weapon I chose, the the, the sword, which was, which honestly is kind of overpowered to be honest. So hmm. yeah, it was it was it was okay. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it it wasn't it wasn't that difficult for me. It was tedious at time at times though, but it was okay. It was manageable. Jason, we are. Uh... I guess we haven't really talked about combat with you on here, and and you mentioned that you were into martial arts growing up and stuff. Like, how's the combat of this game for you? Like, and and where do you think it's at these days comparatively? So I I adored it the first time I played it, which was like more or less when it released four hundred mm. years ago. Um, in the before times, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the before times, in the before before times. Um, but I think it's I think it holds up okay in terms of juggling the different styles and trying to trying to make sure you're always using the right thing. But I think it's a little slow paced compared to a lot of what's going on now. And I think mm. if it were if this game was was kind of remade now, you'd have a lot more action going on, probably a, a bit more almost like a fighting game systems. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it's still fun, but it's it can be a little tedious in these longer fights, like the one with the emperor, where it doesn't feel like you're gonna lose especially it just feels like it's taking a long time unless you turn right. into a jade golem <laughs> yeah 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 ah yeah. oh, bless that jade golem trust me uh <laughs> when ken was like other fight that happened later i was like what are you talking about oh right those three people i slapped with jade golem until they died um yeah i this is the this is the episode where i was like you know they really were on to something here like i think they had something that if you took a modern lens to it, you could have something really special. Like, I think this sort of idea could still totally fly today, um, especially because RPGs are kind of melding into other genres. You know, like, The Witcher is an RPG series, but it has a very action tone. And, like, if you enjoy the combat of Jade Empire, there's a very high chance you will enjoy the combat of a Tales of game, like Tales of Vesperia, Mm -hmm. Tales of Symphonia, like one of those, because it has very similar concepts in terms of switching between different um arts that you use and uh like fighting styles and uh just fighting game mechanics in an rpg setting uh but it playing it today i you just sit there it's like it's really cool conceptually i just constantly can feel when it was limited by you know the age in which it was made you know the fact that you only have one combo for every single yeah. uh, style that you have so you're just kind of mashing light and then if they block 
uh, you do your heavy or, you know, you just kind of don't do anything and you wait for them to stop blocking. Because sometimes <laughs> sometimes if you see the block and you start charging the heavy, then the enemy's like, gotcha, and slaps you. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> but, um, there, yeah, there are elements of this game that I sincerely hope that someone, someone out there plays this game again, maybe fueled on by Normandy FM, and is like, man, we should make a new one of these and revisit some of the things that we are doing here because there was interesting stuff happening in the system. It just needs a very modern revision of it. Um, as Ken said, I think the better fight in this chunk is is later on, but definitely interesting. And now we have the big moment. It's the it's the Jade Empire moment. Um, good lord. Uh, the Emperor dies, uh, our, our companions are still passed out on the ground behind us, uh, Lee, or at least as far as we know, we haven't really seen them get back up after the, uh, initial fight, um, Lee goes forward and grabs the crystal, uh, that has come out of the Emperor, and he's like, everything's gone to plan, you've learned everything i've taught you you've mastered it well including your flaws <laughs> and there's this big dun 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 moment where he just hits us with this um this like pressure point attack and then basically just kills us in one combo and takes the amulet and bam lee was the villain the whole time <laughs> Uh, I've got so many thoughts about the, that specific line, like including the flaws, because mm -hmm. he throws the crystal up in the air to distract you. Mm -hmm. That's not a flaw in your martial art. <laughs> yeah, no. So what? That's what not Lee... you protecting. This is this is the person who effectively raised you, beating mm -hmm. the shit out of you. That's not a flaw of the martial arts system. It's just kind of a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> like there are no martial arts that protect you against, you know, your your proto dad beating the shit up. that's not you can't train for that specifically you see lee would walk into training every morning and be like okay i've got this baseball now what i'm gonna do is when i throw this baseball into the air i need you to focus on it and leave specific parts of your body completely unguarded trust me this open this opens up your access to to chi okay you will be more in tune with the world by staring at this baseball and oh. making sure all your internal organs are very present. <laughs> um, it was actually their their meditation. Uh, it's how they how yeah, they, yeah. they got into like focus at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, just work on your breathing. You breathe in when the ball goes up, you breathe <laughs> out when it comes down. So you breathe in, you get slapped silly, and you die. And it's like ha, ah, the floor I perfectly programmed in because I'm so clever. I like uh -huh. to imagine yeah, that. I like to imagine that over the years your character would just be like vibing just doing shit and then master lee would just come up and just sucker punch him just like constantly like you need to be on your guard at all times just like charlie horse him right there and walk away <laughs> but, um, you, 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 you kind of gotta admit that that was a pretty cool line though i, I feel like it was the line that mm -hmm. that you know that the writers were like okay we, we just need to insert this line somewhere in and they used it and it was cool <laughs> Even though it doesn't make, yeah. make much sense. Well, 
It's it's yeah. an, it's an excellent line. Yeah. But it's one that should have been done when like he throws a punch and you guard it and then yeah. he goes including the flaws. <laughs> yes. And yeah. you know breaks your arm and beats you to death with it. That would be a lot more effective than the baseball thing that we've got going on yeah. at the moment. Yeah, like the fact that they keep coming back to it too like you have multiple character or I guess one character really but um you have several conversations past this where you will talk to a character and you'll be like, I can't believe Master Lee did this. I can't believe this happened. They were like, yes, he trained you for years and taught you flaws so that one day when you when all this came to pass, he would be able to murder you. And like that's that's the part that gets me is they're like, oh, yeah, dumbass. You didn't realize he was teaching you how to be terrible at blocking for yourself while things were in the air and you were focused on other things like god can't believe you never noticed this dumb every other school of martial arts practices that what's wrong with you obviously you didn't that's do the baseball training <laughs> you punches your kicks you're blocking when the baseball's in the air this are the three things it is oh god <laughs> so yes the the big reveal here is that master lee uh, has been essentially training our main character their whole life to get to that moment, which also we have to give some credit to this, like, oh, this was actually my plan all along. I predicted all of this would come to pass. Haha. Ha. Like, there's also an element of that that's just wonderfully ridiculous um, that I love, that I think is fantastic. Uh, this uh, Throughout this chapter... Sun Lee, aka Master Lee, basically becomes this character who it's like if anything happens, it was something he always predicted and knew was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I love it. That's like I mean, my favorite he is a strategist. Favorite archetype of a character. <laughs> He's the Joker from the Dark Knight. Like that's literally yes. his character yeah. at this point. It's like, yeah. oh no, no, I knew I knew that this guy was gonna be in prison. That's why I sewed a phone into him. That's mm-hmm. the level of like commitment and foresight we're assuming is true yeah. master lee ran off with the spirit monk orphan and on the way home he bought uh he went to academy sports and outdoors and bought a baseball and he's like this is all part of my plan like <laughs> so gotta give it up for the, the like the level of spite though that it takes to like raise a kid for like 20 years and have all this shit in place just so he can fuck his brother up i know right like uh, so mm, let's let's get to the part where we actually learn all of this because it's it's right after this so we're dead so we have died uh but we come back to life in the afterlife in sick we have white hair it kind of owns actually i kind of wish my character looked like this always like my character with the white hair and the spirit look is actually pretty sick uh i wish i looked like that all the time but uh my character doesn't have hair so he just he's just vibing ken ken come on (laughs) Look, some of us can't handle or like change fucking genetics. <laughs> Wait, did you specifically pick the character that didn't have hair? Was that no, like an intentional um, choice? No, it was more like I picked him several years ago, and then it, you know nature just took its course, and it kind of naturally worked out that way. <laughs> what, Maybe what that's if, what caused it. Yeah, exactly. What if you <laughs> set that in motion? <laughs> fucking Jade Empire! Damn you! I look forward to reading that on on fanbite in a couple of days. <laughs> yes. I can trace back when I went bald to 2005. 
luscious head of hair. Hey, look, maybe the reverse could happen. You know, maybe you play Jade Empire now as as luscious full head of hair character. You never know. Um, uh, do I do I need to play Jade Empire a second time to get hair back? Is that worth it? Uh, <laughs> local man can't again. decide. <laughs> local man doesn't want to play Jade Empire a second time just to get his hair back. <laughs> 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 this went off the rails real fast um, we go into the afterlife and the water dragon basically talks to us as we get into multiple fights with demons uh, and by the way this cut off for me like constantly I was I would be hearing a monologue from the water dragon and she'd be like oh never mind you're in a fight with demons let me stop what I was saying in the middle of a word let you finish and I'll start the dialogue over again so I'm not actually sure what any of what was said here because it just kept like starting and stopping over and over again, or it would be mm-hmm. going while I was in the middle of like punching a horse demon in the mouth. So um, yeah, I I, I did want to also here. kind of sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, go yeah, ahead, go ahead. no, no. I I did want to also kind of point out that the game was. I mean, the game was also like uh really kind of buggy in 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 mm-hmm. a, in. Mm. In a way that makes it even more hilarious. So, like you know, mm. you were saying that you know the the you, you, your conversation with the water dragon spirit was kind of cut off at several points, and mm-hmm. it was very disruptive. And you know, when I was when I was in the what was that place called? When I was in the 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 the, the, the palace or something like that. Yeah. Um. You know, there were several like vases and and things that you can yeah. kind of break. Uh, mm. you know, to to get whatever that's inside, and the thing is that whenever you like, whenever I you know attack them, you know sometimes you get those like like quotes where the guy will say things like, "Oh, you can't defeat me," or "You're too slow," or things like that. Mm. Which is funny because oh, whenever yeah. I kick a vase, he will actually say that to the vase, which I thought was really hilarious. He'll like, <laughs> I will I will kick the vase, and he'll be like, "You can't defeat me," and yeah. <laughs> Take that it's, vase. Yeah, <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah, the the game is just like kind of. I don't know what they call this buggy, but it was just it's just it it's, yeah. It has all kinds of weird things going on, mm-hmm. and it interrupts itself, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Go to open a bamboo cask, and the cask is like, I know your flaws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't believe that cask betrayed me it's trained me my whole life (laughs) um (laughs) picturing like this bamboo cask with just a bunch of dead bodies around it (laughs) the main character walking up and being like i should open this and see what treasure's inside um (laughs) so we fight through just the horde of demons uh and we finally get to a point where we can talk to the water dragon and uh we get kind of the lowdown of what uh did just happen not the full lowdown we have to wait a little bit longer for that which is maybe one of the annoying parts of this chapter is that they drag out you know telling you the thing that actually happened at dirge all those years ago when you know you survived the the killing of the spirit monks and the water dragon and all that um they really drag it out in a way that i was kind of not digging after how expeditious the the chapter previous has been but um the water dragon is basically like yeah dude 
Master Lee trained you your whole life. Now you're dead. Moron. Why'd you believe him? <laughs> Did you not notice those flaws? God, stupid. Anyways, we gotta bring you back to life because you can still beat him or whatever. Um, but we're basically in the like spirit realm and we have to fight our way through to the spirit realm version of the temple of dirge which as y'all will remember is where the uh, spirit monks had resided previously um and we've got to restore dirge and recover our body and and basically undo all the things that had been done to it by the emperor and his brothers previously um so here i think I'm trying to remember. I think this is the same either way. Um, I think there's like mild divergences here, depending on whether you're open palm or closed fist. Because um, I'm not sure if Abbott Song is always a, like works with closed fist people, but I think we're all open palm, so I can't remember. Um, but we meet Abbott Song, who is one of the last remaining uh, spirit monks around. Like the rest of them are kind of caught in this eternal valhalla style battle uh around the temple of dirge and he's basically like protecting the bridge from people trying to get in and uh the water dragon guides us to him as the dude that's going to help us get through uh all the parts of dirge guide us through all these areas and also restore the fountains because they had been tainted in the past by by spies um he also tells us the actual truth of what happened at dirge which it turns out that in that flashback we had from our master previously, that was not Death's Hand that was hanging out with the Emperor. That was Sun Lee in Death's Hand armor. Uh, and his brother was with them. And they basically... The Emperor tried to... like like He takes the power of the Water Dragon and then his brothers try to stab him and murder him. Uh and that doesn't work so sun lee runs away with the armor and all that and chases after the spirit monk that has you the orphan meanwhile his brother just gets clobbered by the emperor with the water dragon powers and so while the brother is getting clobbered sun lee murders the last spirit monk and immediately concocts his crazy strategy to spend the next like two decades training the spirit monk child up as master lee in order to enact the whole plan that has been the entirety of jade empire and leaves all his armor behind and walks off into the snow and then when the emperor finds the armor he still has his brother alive like barely clinging to life and does a full metal alchemist and binds the his brother's soul to the armor and creates death's hand this like undying servant um so that's the whole story that's all what happens um kudos to to master lee to sun lee for putting all that together in the span of about two seconds being (laughs) like oh hey that's a baby you know what i could do with that baby concoct a decades long (laughs) plan of revenge we got this it was something that i did like about that other like i mean i think it's like that's a series of good twists i think but also like it was nice that like for all the specialness we supposedly had to find out we're actually not special at all we were just part of of somebody's plan that was Mm -hmm. insisting that we were special so we would do what he wanted us to do um 
Because, like, that was, like, one of our biggest issues at the beginning of the game, was, like, oh, it sounds like telling us that we're special, but not really showing us, but, like, as it turns out, that was all there was to it. We were just being told we were special because it was mm -hmm. part of somebody's plan. So, in a way that, like, the shallowness of that worked out, I guess, it, like, it was more intentional than it seemed at the moment. He wanted us to feel special, right? He wanted us to think that we were... I mean, in, in some essence, our character is special, but special in the way that, like, the last Oreo in the Oreo box is special, you know? Because <laughs> once that Oreo's gone, you're out of Oreos. So, like, we're the last chance. So that's really the most special thing about us, is that if we screw up, there's really no second option here special by default is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> um so we go through this whole section that once again finally feels like the jade empire we've come to know and love where uh we fight through a bunch of areas with fountains and enemies and we complete objectives in sequence uh we seal the fountains we find out that the way the way that the emperor and suddenly managed to even deal with the water dragon in the first place was that they had uh followers they they bribed spirit monks in the temple to spill human blood into the fountains of the water dragon in order to like taint the fountains and so that's what we're fixing in the spirit realm which I was looking at and being like, you're telling me that nobody with a paper cut ever, like, dipped their hands in the water fountain. That's bizarre to me. <laughs> None of these monks ever bit their nails too hard. Yeah, somebody, with a cut finger. somebody gets a nosebleed while they're uh, picking up their water for the week, and it's like, ah, oh, damn it, the water dragon's tainted again. Thanks, Fred. God. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> God, this game sometimes. Um... But as we fight through all the... By the way, there was a really fun part here where we... When we're on the second fountain, and uh, don't worry, we'll talk about the, the flash away, the cutaway in a moment here, but uh, when we're on the second fountain, and we get to kind of a fork in the road, uh, this demon is like, hey man, I'm the minion of suffering. If you want that that seal to the fountain you gotta come into the cave of demons which I've I really appreciate that this battle this suffering has been going on long enough that demons have had time to establish themselves and also be like check out the cave of demons and all of those things are in all caps like it's just a thing that exists <laughs> now a named place like yeah man we, we moved in and set up the cave of demons franchise over here um <laughs> But also then Song is like, yeah, he wants you to go that way. But if you go the other way, there's this sick gem down that way on like the path of righteousness or whatever. And I was like, really, video game? We're still doing this? And like, you know, it, several chapters in, like, hey, go down this path to get the extra thing or turn around and just do the path of demons. Um, which the gem ended up just being like, it was a gem. It was a thing you could slot in for stats. It ended up kind of, I thought if we went that route we would like skip a fight or something or something interesting would happen instead it seems like we just got a gem that made our life a little bit easier and that was about it but um <laughs> other than that yeah this is a pretty standard bog standard segment of combat and occasionally branching paths to go do other things but for the most part we're just fighting dudes 
putting seals on fountains and moving forward, but we do have a cutaway uh, to see Sun Lee consents that his pupil is still alive. Uh, and he's like, okay, you know what? We're not messing around anymore. You see him walk into the area where the Lotus Assassin hideout was, and he does some magic, and then a hand bursts forth. It's Death's Hand. He brought Death's Hand back from the dead. Um, I, any any feelings on this? Any thoughts on this? Bro- brothers uh, are complicated. <laughs> I I had not really it, it 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 hadn't occurred to me at the moment that Death Hand was dead. Like I I mean yeah the, the place collapsed on him, but also like I was like I figured that wasn't gonna be enough to. Yeah, it came out, but so like when it got to the point where Lee went like revived, I was like, oh, I, I guess that makes sense that he probably died in there, but whatever. I I actually thought that was pretty cool though, the reveal of Death, mm-hmm. Death's hand being well dead himself. Yeah, mm. I thought that was actually really cool. I I I found myself like pretty much enjoying the, you know, all the all the different plot twists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was, the, it was quite the nice. drama of it. Yeah, the drama right. of it is great for me. Yeah, my thing with it was so Death's Hand, the the cave in that that we thought killed Death's Hand and Sagacious Zoo, was in like the throne room of the Lotus Assassins, right? Like deep in the heart of their headquarters. Uh, Master Lee Sun Lee does about five seconds of magic, and then the hand bursts forth. That's it's a lot of distance to cover for a dead dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was it was very instant reaction. Like, I was kind of hoping that Master Lee, like, did the spell and then had to sit there for, like, ten minutes wondering if it worked as the zombified Death's Hand worked its way through miles <laughs> of stone and granite <laughs> to get out. Um, that, that, I was like, okay. All right. Uh, wait, um, wait, you forgot though is that Master Lee's a, a glorious strategist and he actually made it so the building <laughs> fell uh-huh, uh-huh. just <laughs> a little bit way. on Death's hand. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. So it was well, easy enough. It wasn't even it wasn't even he affected the way that it fell. It's that Master Lee was actually the one who had the Lewis Assassin's headquarters built and he knew <laughs> that way in the future Sagacious Zoo would bring it down. So he built it. He put in the blueprints a certain way so that if a pillar went down, it would all fall so that Death's hand would have an easy escape. That's you know Yeah. Yes, he all, plans obviously. that far ahead. It's it's all within his calculations. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's all according to plan. That was within the margin of error. He's all good. Uh, I can't even figure out what I'm having for dinner tomorrow, and this guy can plan 20 years in the future for fucking architecture. Yeah, this... Don't worry, Master Lee knows what you're having for dinner tomorrow. Flaws. There's another thing that I wanted to point out, which I thought was pre- uh, pretty funny as well. Um, it, It's the water dragon, because like in the first few chapters, right, she was just speaking riddles and like mm-hmm. for the most mm-hmm. of the time I just have no idea what she's saying and it, it gets a little bit annoying after a while and then suddenly mm-hmm. in, in this chapter chapter 5 she she suddenly starts speaking with like utmost clarity like she's just telling you mm-hmm. things that's happening like she's just filling like, you in on everything and you kind and 
at this point, I was like, you know, wh- why why can't you just tell me all this earlier, you know, so that you know mm-hmm. I can know that Master Lee is, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's a right. he's 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 the guy who is orchestrating everything. So you know, why can't you just tell me this earlier? And turns out she right. actually did tell you why later that she didn't mm-hmm. tell you this earlier was because Master Lee has. You know, has planned this so well that if she had told you this earlier, things wouldn't have played out in this way, and you would have failed. Mm. So again, mm. everything is, yeah, is part of his calculations. Even even when it's not if, according to plan, it's yes, according to plan. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. It was like, oh, I guess you can't tell me what's going on earlier because it's going to distract me, and it's going to make me fail earlier. So I guess you can only speak in riddles. Yes, all he, mm-hmm. it's, so all another, of, it's all part of his plans. <laughs> it's another one of the flaws in the martial arts. Uh, if you get too much exposition too early, your head just explodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the war dragon knew that, so so she had to really be careful yeah, about she, it. She because you're already dead you. here, it's fine. Yeah, it's just... Okay, it I need you to die in a very <laughs> specific way. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, the beginning of the game, she speaks like, oh, you know, your your time isn't here yet. You need to rise up. You mm. and, and she says all this kind of cryptic stuff, and I was like, why can't you just tell it to me earlier? And she read and she explains, oh, it's because Masterly has planned everything. Like if mm. you know any of these earlier, you're just you're just gonna die mm-hmm. earlier, and you're not supposed right. to die now. You're supposed to die later. Yeah. Masterly <laughs> used to read pages of exposition and then sucker punch the character in the middle. <laughs> 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 oh man. Um. So we, we finally get through all this and we get to a point where we're about to get into the temple and the water dragon is basically like, okay, look, you've got to go in the temple and fight this nameless evil that has basically been eating and feeding off of all the, the hatred and anger and frustration of all the souls that have been trapped here for, for 20 years, uh, caught in this endless battle. Uh, Abbot Song cannot follow you there. This is the part where I was like, man, water dragon just does not give a shit about anybody. Uh, she's like, Habit Song, go to your fellow fighters. You need to be with them. It's time for you to be with them in the eternal battle now. He's like, you're right. I'll go do what I need to do. Thank you, Spirit Monk. I'm off. And he runs off, and the Water Dragon's like, yeah, so that guy's fucked. <laughs> that guy. Uh, yeah, he's gonna die. Don't worry about him. He's done. We're done using him. We're gonna move on to the next thing now. And I was like, yeah, come on. Abbot Song was basically like my my mentor this is the closest thing that my character has to a father figure now uh because my old father figure threw something into the air and then murdered me and like <laughs> we're working with what we've got and now he's gonna die too i was a little we didn't talk much about abbott song but i like his character i think he's mm. he's a fun character uh he he is very much like a mentor style character that just kind of you know fills you in on oh you know this is who your parents were i mean it's it's really yeah. basic stuff i mean I, I, don't, I don't think it's worth dissecting even i mean like in another life like, he would have been our character's father figure exactly he would have been like a, a father figure to us it but if nice. we hadn't come up and stabbed him through that baseball into the air um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's uh it's a nice little uh nice little time we have in this chapter with with Abbott song and then water dragon's like guess what that dude's dead he's gonna stay dead don't worry about him he's dead you're not let's go um <laughs> and, and we run up the stairs into the temple to fight this thing that has been described as the nameless evil not of the spirit realm nor of the mortal it is 
horrifying. It is three copies of our main character <laughs> all wielding different stances uh, that we have to fight. Um, uh, so, so Ken, what stances slash styles did you have? Because I'm curious if they are different depending on choices that have been made so far in the game. I, my copies did have the, the weapon and the magic styles I had been using that I had picked when those were decisions that we made. Uh, I think the third one might have also been... Like, I think it was the ones that I had... Not the, not specifically the ones that I had equipped because I had them equipped, but I think they were the fighting styles I had been using most throughout the game. Stuff that you had learned, so, like... Right. So you had, like, I'm guessing staff, um, ice, and something else? Yeah, and then, uh, Living Tiger, the, uh, Wolverine clawed things, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Kihun, what did yours have equipped? Uh, mine was the sword, um, the ice, and fire. Okay, Ooh. so I had staff, ice, and fire. And, and mm -hmm. that might be because I also picked up a firefighting style at some point. But I wonder if I had not chosen to do that, if, like, one of them would have had stone immortal instead or something like that. That's interesting. But it's cool that they reflect your, your weapon choice in that. Right. I think that's neat. Um... Yeah, we've got to fight three copies of ourselves that use our fighting stances, and I, I murdered them all with Jay Golem. It took very little time. Uh, it felt very good. Uh, oh. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, did y'all have an interesting fight here? This, like, for me, this is the most uh, difficult fight in the entire game, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, pretty interesting. But I, but I, but I, but I died several times. Uh, it is even more difficult than, you know, the eventual fight towards the end, if you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, this is by far the most difficult one. It was pretty enjoyable, I guess. Um, I think it took me quite a long time to, to, to fight everything. Three, uh, three of yourselves at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I remember the fight being difficult for me, but it was... You know, it is interesting when you fight things that operate in the same rules as your character does. And... Mm hmm Maybe wish there'd been maybe a few more of those. You're making me think I should stop using Jay Golem. You're making me think <laughs> I should just use normal <laughs> attacks. I'm wondering if you used Jade Golem earlier, like if it was one of your main styles, whether or not you'd end have ended up fighting a Jade Golem. Yeah. Because <laughs> you also, the Golem you turn into is like, the Golems you fight in chapter three are like roughly larger than human size, but not too much larger. Like they're basically like tall humans this is like late lady dimitrescu size <laughs> jade golem just towering over everyone else like bowser's fury ass uh about to stomp on everyone uh and it's messed up it does so much damage it's it's messed up <laughs> maybe for the final fight which I, I have not gotten to yet, but I feel like I can adequately suss out who the final fight will be in this video game, given the the many times I've played video games before. <laughs> um, maybe for that one, I will avoid using uh, Jade Golem, unless I have to, and I just want to womp on a certain someone, because that is very tempting. But <laughs> you don't know about your flaw, old man. <laughs> it's golems. 
Um, Get punched in the head by a rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giant stone warrior you didn't know I could transform into. <laughs> it also makes no sense because, like, all the other ones are, like, all these different stances. That's, okay, that's maybe one thing that we addressed way at the beginning in Chapter 1 that we never actually got back around to. But, like, the non-human stances, like, the demon stances and stuff. Because there are parts of this game where, you know, you fight a demon and then your character after having killed this demon is like cool i learned their fighting stance and then you would think that that would just be a fighting style inspired by the way they fight but no you just turn into that character and get to do all their moves and stuff and there's no place in which that is more ridiculous than with jade golem because your character is like (laughs) jade golem form and you just turn into like a megazord and you just like (laughs) stop them and it's it's oh it's actually really good it's actually very good i wish mass effect had that where you were like form of a reaper and then just turn into like the human (laughs) reaper from mass effect 2 um god now i'm just picturing like yakuza like a dragon the way that you can summon people into battles using your cell phone or whatever just put that put that in every video game just do that um so after we defeat our ourselves using using either our uh, martial arts skills or the form of a golem, uh, we finally get our body back. We walk into this mysterious pumping blood heart in the back of the temple, which just hangs out here, I guess. And we wake up on the other side, and we're alive. Hey, and all our friends are arguing and stuff. And the water dragon sends a message to Dawnstar telling them hey you gotta go to dirge so the flyer comes in and right as we're heading down there it's heavily implied that we're going to have a big old fight in in the temple of dirge and that there's going to be a big siege so Sunli is on his way to dirge with the death's hand and our friends are flying in on a flyer as we end this chapter and looks like there's going to be one big old battle decide it all and uh we also find out that the thing we got to do to to end this all uh and this is important we cannot just defeat sun lee we have to defeat sun lee but also destroy the body of the water dragon which is what he is kind of siphoning power from right now so we have to destroy the power source like a horcrux and then we can take out master lee for good um Oh boy. Folks, we're rocketing towards the end game here. Shep, Mr. Ken Shep, how are you feeling about this so far? Better. Better, Better? than I have been all season. Wow. Yeah, I like I like again, we dunked on it the majority of the episode. But, like I really do like the end of the game. If as silly as a lot of it is, like I do genuinely feel like invested by this point. Like and it also kind of, like, retroactively improved some of my feelings on the beginning of the game weren't, like, turned out that we're not special. We're not the special boy. And that, uh, you know, as, as cheesy as, like, the, the glorious strategist, like, person that has planned for every instance and every possibility is as, like, an archetype of a villain. I don't know. I dig it. And I I still think Jade Empire as a video game is probably not something that Bioware needs to revisit, but it does, like... It has, like, more interesting twists and turns than even stuff like Dragon Age, or the majority of Dragon Age has ever had for me, like, as I'm thinking back on those games. Um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm ready to like talk holistically about it next week. Sure. Kihun, how are you feeling about Jade Empire at this point in time? Mm, I I I I, f- I quite enjoy the second half of the game. Uh, I think the story, like I said, got a lot better from here, and. Yeah, like I said, I think it's really because they have decided to just, you know, screw the side quest and just really concentrate on telling a good, a better story. I wouldn't say it's a good story. A, a, a much better yeah. story than what it has, what they have previously, like, kind of uh, built up. Which is great. I, I like, all the, all the twists and stuff, like, you know, the whole masterly thing, to be quite honest, maybe because I'm not that smart, but yeah, <laughs> him, him being revealed as the bad guy all along, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool, I guess. And then after that, there is the thing with with Death's hand, where you know you realize who he really is, and you're like, oh mm. yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So, yeah, a lot a lot of this, I, I just feel that the the story really just got way better here, and I was really starting to, yeah, it really starting to really enjoy, you know, understanding and learning a lot more about the main plot. Finally, yeah. Yeah, Jason. How do you think this all holds up, you know, years later for you? I think the... I think the story's kind of... I think the twist in the story is still good. Um, And I think, as you said, I think the combat does some really interesting stuff, and I think a modern version, it would be really fascinating. It kind of reminds me of how Neo has the different stances. You're like high, medium, and low, and how you meant to use different ones against different mm-hmm. enemies and things like that. It feels not dissimilar, but one of the stances would have to be, you know, fireballs instead, which would be cool. Actually, I'd play that. It holds up mm-hmm. okay. It's just it's very much a relic mm. of its time, mm. and it shouldn't be done by a Western team at all. Um, there's one I did want to just talk quickly talk about the. Uh, chapter five. There's a really cool bit where they talk, uh, where your character asks about oh, why yeah, human yeah. blood has the power to corrupt the fountains, and and uh, I think Abbot Song says that it's because because blood is so limited, because blood carries human life and human life is limited, it has a lot more power because of how precious it is. And I just think that's a really fascinating look at why mm-hmm. blood sacrifice mm. and, and things like that are are potent in that universe. Um. But yeah, as as a game, I think it's still fun. But I, and I'm, yeah. I'm thankful it's not a particularly long game. Mm. <laughs> I, think. I, I I definitely feel that though. Like it it. I when when Ken and I were first talking about how long this game was, he compared it a lot to like Mass Effect One in length, and that that feels about right. Maybe a little bit longer, maybe closer like Dragon Age Origins, but um, it's it definitely once you get to the point in this game like chapter four where it's clear that you're being put on the end game it doesn't really drag its feet in any way which is i think a general problem with a lot of games where you get to a point where it's like oh the there's a world ending calamity and you've got to do this stuff but also we had side quests we wanted you to do so go do the side quests if you want um i feel like you know i i i, I mocked the the gem thing earlier but that is a way that they can kind of sneak some extra side content into the game some branching paths while still keeping you focused down the the main critical path in a way that yeah just makes this game feel like it flows better because honestly like this game is 
you know, it's it's a martial arts movie. It's a hero's tale. It is this. It's very much kind of this attempt to pay homage to a lot of different genres and ideas in the same way that Red Dead Redemption does, in the same way that uh, Sleeping Dogs does, in the same way that a lot of other games, you know, take after film in in various ways. It's trying to do that thing. And I think once it gets on its rails, it's actually just, it feels better because it feels less like they're trying to make an a Bioware RPG that's also this homage to all this stuff and instead can just be what it wants to be and and get moving and yeah it feels a lot better where it's at um i think i would want some version of this to exist like you said he's having a western team make it feels weird um so i don't know who i would even employ to do this sort of thing what's platinum up to these days can we get can we get a situation where it's like platinum makes the combat for this game and we just have like a near automata for this that'd be great <laughs> let's get them on this oh yeah yeah i'd take capcom as well devil may cry actually with the devil may cry uh, style system that would actually be really fascinating to see them take on something yeah. like this where instead of just using different weapons you're using who, completely different styles who did make sleeping dogs now i suddenly think about it i'm gonna <laughs> google this quickly because that's another game that that also has martial arts in it and is incredibly good. United Front Games and Square Enix Europe, huh? Wow. Oh, it's yeah, so Sleeping Dogs is good. so awesome. Yeah. Sleeping Dogs is a good game. It, it, that holds yeah. up, I think. Yeah, it really reminds was, me of the of the whole like um, the 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 whole um Hong Kong um mafia movies that i used to watch a lot when mm. i was younger so sleeping dogs is great yeah <laughs> it's also a, a great example of what could happen if grand theft auto was a good game oh, hey. see that's the spicy takes i'm here for that's good stuff right there <laughs> yeah no i mean not to turn this into suddenly like uh normandy fm turns into a sleeping dogs podcast even though i would totally be down for that um but yeah, no, I've been thinking about that game a lot because there was that image going around recently where it's like, quote, tweet this with your favorite game from, I think it was 2012 or whatever. And that was one of the games hidden among all the others. And I was just like, man, Sleeping Dogs. It's it's enough of a good game that like Dishonored is also in that year. And I'm like, yeah. oh, but Sleeping Dogs is good. Like, that's I love Dishonored, but... Like, there were a bunch of games in that image where I was like, oh, but their sequels are just as good or sometimes even better. And But Sleeping Dogs is, is one of a kind. Nothing nothing quite like it. The answer for the best game of 2012 is Mass Effect 3. Uh, but Sleeping Dogs. Fuck you. <laughs> um, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, you know, real quick, we... We have a Patreon, as always. We have patreon.com slash normdfm, where you can go and support us if you would like. We have a Discord. It's working. I figured out how to turn off the level up thing, so now that won't be happening in the Discord anymore. That's very important, because that was kind of a thing that was annoying for a while, but it's working. Everything is is humming along. Uh, If you would like to be a part of the backer Discord, you can head over to patreon.com slash normdfm and back us there to get access that's the only way you can get access but if you back us there you also get cool little titles depending on what tier you back at it's really neat 
Uh, it took me like half a day to figure that out, and it works, and uh, you should do it, so that way it's like worth it and <laughs> good. Uh, as always, we love to shout out the Patreons, the, the patrons of our Patreon, that back at a certain tier, and this week that is Kevin Kulikowski, Chris Johns, Alice Hawk, Colin, just Colin, just Zach Mickle, The Wedge of Destiny, and Woolbang OK. Thank you all so much for backing us there. And if you don't have the cash to back this week or any other week, you can always head over to twitter.com slash show. Follow us there. All of our updates will go out there. All the things we do. All of our little bio bits that we've been putting out. Because we have been putting out a fair few of them. Uh, one for the Jack romance news that went out a couple of weeks ago. And also uh, Legendary Edition stuff. We had a lot to talk about with that. Um, it's it's been fun we like to try and keep up with the bioware stuff with the mass effect stuff as it comes out and it sure seems like there's a lot to talk about i mean ken and i have already been discussing who's going to be on our legendary edition roundtables and it's going to be a fun time i can already guarantee it jason once again where can the folks at home find your work follow you support all the things that you do uh, you can find me on Twitter at Enno They Strife, which is E N O T H E Strife, because I refuse to spell words that make sense. I was going to ask. We've known each other for years, and I've never asked what your handle means. <laughs> so uh, the first part of it is a character that myself and a friend made when we were designing a game when we were like twelve. And by designing okay. a game, I mean drawing drawing some pictures, mm. making up a pretend language, and coming up with the character name and doing nothing else. Uh, and the last half is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the last part is strife because uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Mm. Okay, <laughs> basically, we've so, had yeah. we've had a lot of Final Fantasy fans on this podcast between you and Nat, who who has. Hardemessia, as as her Twitter username, Ken. Maybe that's something we should consider at some point. I'm just putting putting that seed down in the ground right now. You know, mm. sowing, and eventually we will reap. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? But um, Jason, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It was a wonderful pleasure to have you on to talk about Jade Empire. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Ah. <sighs> One more episode, folks. Next week, we will be concluding Jade Empire. But until then, for Jason, for Ken, for Kihoon, for myself, thank you for showing up. Thank you for hanging out. We'll see you next time for the Jade Empire finale here. Wonderful.